what will it take for the healthcare sector to take data breaches seriously, and a deep dive into darknet markets for cyber criminals. These stories and more coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Matthew Schwartz. Targeted attacks are on the rise. Meanwhile, the average time required to detect a breach still remains dangerously high at about 150 days. Some sectors show how battling and detecting breaches should be done. Others, not so much. There are sectors who are spending woefully inadequate budget on security solutions, and healthcare is a, is a prime area. That's Gary Warner, Director of Research and Computer Forensics at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. And he says the healthcare sector in particular is one of the worst when it comes to proper investment in the technologies that could help it to be blocking breaches. I've been doing a lot of work with healthcare on uh, specifically on ransomware. The issue, though, that we're seeing is that in certain sectors, we're seeing ridiculous amounts of data breaches. So, for example, there's a report that comes out, the Prodenus Breach Barometer is telling us that we're averaging more than one healthcare data breach per day. And in these data breaches, unfortunately, there's no one who's gathering the lessons learned and helping them understand the patterns. Tom Kellerman, Chief Cybersecurity Officer for Carbon Black, tells me that healthcare isn't the only sector that needs to sharpen its information security practices. I think healthcare, transportation, manufacturing, and energy all need a wake-up call. They've been deploying perimeter-based traditional defenses. They've been hoping and praying that these defenses will immunize them from the threats in the wild. One measure of this is poor investment in security incident and event management tools. What we see in healthcare, no one has the SIM maturity or the incident response maturity as we see in finance or even as we see in big retail. Target was a wake-up call for big retail. Everyone is up their spend on cybersecurity and incident response, but we haven't seen that corresponding pattern on the healthcare side. This isn't to say all is hopeless in the healthcare sector. Here's Kellerman. There are definitely people within the healthcare sector, for example, who are thoughtful, but one of their challenges is healthcare organizations not only are they typically governed primarily by boards of either former doctors or current doctors who have limited understanding about the threat to cybersecurity, but they are also governed typically with a financial mindset of increasing efficiencies and cutting costs. That is a challenge because many times you run into someone in, that, in those types of organizations who is laser focused on the construct of resiliency. And I will say something that's controversial right now. That resiliency does not equate to cybersecurity. It never has. All of this, of course, begs the question, if the healthcare sector is underperforming on an information security front, what, if anything, is going to get it to do better? In a healthcare conference I just spoke at, I pointed out to them, I said, when, when I talk to the big banks, what they tell us is we have to spend this much money on security because we're protecting people's money. And I told them, I said, isn't it sad that the people who are protecting people's lives don't take the problem as seriously. And I said, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to wake up the healthcare industry until we truly have a cyber attack that's killing people. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. A leaked U.S. government document suggests that the Trump administration lead a push to roll out a nationalized 5G mobile network. Is that a good idea? 
ISNG Managing Editor Jeremy Kirk has the story. This week, the publication Axios broke a significant story. Fearing that China is spying on phone calls, the U.S. government should spearhead the rollout of secure 5G networks. The leaked PowerPoint slides and memo from the National Security Council proposed that the U.S. should develop the infrastructure and network security standards for 5G. It proposes an aggressive three-year timeline, likening the project to the 1969 moon landing. The FCC has since registered its opposition to such a plan, and the Trump administration says discussions are in early stages. Setting aside the issue over alleged Chinese phone hacking, the broader security argument outlined in the documents is well-trodden. Many Western governments have expressed fears over dominance of Chinese vendors and interference by Chinese intelligence. A lot will ride on 5G security. The high bandwidth, low latency networks will connect everything from health systems to self-driving vehicles and critical infrastructure. The structure of 5G networks will also be much more complex than 2G, 3G, or 4G, with the increased use of virtualization and software-defined networking. But how involved should the U.S. government be to avoid a 5G security mess? Somewhat, but not completely in charge. Government experts should, of course, advise on standards development so that secure decisions are made. But international bodies such as the 3GPP and operators have incentives to ensure that security is forefront. Network problems and hacks diminish customer confidence and could have a bottom-line impact. The memo and slides are couched in language that suggests that wrapping the U.S. government's arms around the project would solve potential security problems. It would not. Nationalization would come with unrelated entanglements that would ultimately distract from the security picture. If the immediate concern is Chinese phone hacking, there are plenty of alternatives for secure calls and transfers. Encrypted messaging software such as Signal and WhatsApp, and most recently Skype, all use the Signal protocol, which is regarded as the gold standard for content encryption. That's not to say those applications will never be undermined, but they're feasible alternatives that are available now and don't require a network that costs hundreds of billions of dollars to build, with Uncle Sam in charge. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. Finally, if you are a would-be cybercriminal, where do you go to get the tools and services you need to get your so-called job done? To cybercrime forums, of course, which sell everything from purloined remote desktop credentials, starting at $3 and up, to counterfeit passports, banking malware, stolen healthcare data, credit and debit cards, amongst other goods and services. It's definitely quite surprising to see just how low some of these prices are. That's Liv Rowley, an intelligence analyst for Flashpoint, a New York-based threat intelligence firm that keeps an eye on the deep, dark web. Something like a social security number, which, you know, we're all told to protect and be very careful with. You see that go for maybe a couple of bucks uh, on the deep and dark web. So it is quite surprising. And it really shows you that actually getting the supplies from a cyber criminal perspective, if you want to call them that, is not the difficult part. The difficult part is the knowledge in, in how to employ these different things that you can buy into actually making a profit. But life isn't always easy for cybercrime buyers and sellers. Last year, law enforcement agencies successfully disrupted the world's two biggest darknet marketplaces, Alphabay and Hansa. Alphabay, launched in 2014, was modeled on a legitimate e-commerce forum, except that the marketplace offered such categories as fraud, drugs and chemicals, counterfeit items, weapons, software, and malware, plus sections for buying and selling stolen payment card data and personally identifiable information. At least it did until it got shut down. Today, the Department of Justice announces the takedown of the dark web market Alpha Bay. This is the largest dark market web place takedown in world history. 
That's the Attorney General of the United States, Jeff Sessions, last year announcing the bust of Alpha Bay and Hansa. And according to underground chatter traced by Flashpoint, users of those forums very much reacted. The takedowns of Alpha Bay and Hansa have been massively disruptive to the criminal underground and have really infused that community with a great deal of paranoia. So how will cybercriminals regroup? How will they sell their wares going forward? These remain open questions. But if history is any indication, we can expect more demand, more supply, and unfortunately, more cybercriminals turning a profit. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Matthew Schwartz. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.